All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. We all want to be heard, seen, and understood. The people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us They're not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to, and I'm going to share their stories here so that we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang, so this is super exciting. We have another uh, global person on the phone, international person uh, on uh, today's podcast. Uh, This person uh, uh, is a a founder, a speaker on human connection. Uh, He believes that at the end of the day, what truly matters is that we all live a life that we're proud of. So therefore, he encourages people to do what they believe in by creating, uh, he created Connecting Humans Experiences, where people can actually open up, come together, and get the energy of belief, trust, and courage that I can. Uh, Eric is born in Colombia and as an adopted child by a Swedish family, he traveled the world searching for the answer to who am I and why am I here? And now he's actually the founder and facilitator of Connecting Humans. He's actually lives all the way uh, in Spain. So we're talking to him uh, now actually from uh, Sweden, uh, which is really awesome. I'm sitting here in, in, in Florida. So it's, it's gonna be awesome that we can connect uh, from all the way uh, you know, this far apart. So please give me a big round of applause and welcome Eric Eklund to the podcast. Welcome, Eric. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Thank you. All right. Awesome. I just love the power of um, uh, being able to connect uh, um, so far away. Um, and we can, we can have this human connection in this brief time. So thanks so much for, for giving me some time. Um, you know, I found you on LinkedIn. I just loved the vibe and, and just, you know, the content and the idea of connecting humans. And you're, um, you're, you, you speak on leadership, uh, you, you travel around the world, you're a consultant, you, you speak on leadership, you've been in management positions uh, throughout your career. Uh, you've actually, you've had a very uh, unique career. I mean, you've been on cruise lines, um, you, you've done a whole lot, and now you're really you're a coach and, and you uh, do a lot of speaking on, on leadership. So my first question for you, uh, to t- for the audience uh, who might not know you, just to learn about um, where you've gotten uh, in your life, I want to ask you this. What values in your life, Eric, help you get? Because the first sentence on your LinkedIn uh, profile, I think in, in a story that you put on LinkedIn really kind of took me back and really kind of uh, really says all, all you need to know about the, the person you are is that first sentence. And so my question is, and this really shows to kind of who this person is, what values in your life, Eric, help you get from being found on a basket in Medellin, Colombia, to now stages across the world speaking about human connection and leadership? Okay, what values have helped me with all that, huh? Well, I will be very honest and straightforward you. It wasn't until late in my life I understood really what my values were and I honestly even focused on 
defining and understanding what my values are. I thought my values were like, you know, respect and, uh, you know, uh, honesty, for instance. I thought, you know, the, the typical values that I hear a lot around me too when I'm asking the same thing. But right. I have learned very much that for me, my uh, key core values in life is trust, care, purpose, and joy. So these are my four key values that are that has been guiding me around the, my entire life. And it's also the values that have been, um, yeah, you know, that I've been missing in my life and that have been making me upset when I don't mm. see that them are present. And if you're referring to my LinkedIn profile, it's really that I am using, I'm sharing my story from a very mm. vulnerable and authentic approach to tell you that, hey, I'm a human being being and i hope that you can trust me by liking who i am i love it yeah i mean you know sometimes we're a lot of us sometimes are nervous about telling people all about who we are because um you know we're just afraid of people judging us and we don't want to be vulnerable we think it's it's you know something that uh doesn't is weak uh the, the vulnerability yeah. is a weakness and I, I connected to you right away just hearing that story. And it's tough to, to tell. Um, maybe you could tell some of the people uh, listening that haven't uh, connected with you on LinkedIn, just maybe a, a little kind of overview of, of just, you know, your life story. I, I think it's so unique because it's a story about someone who is always in situations where he didn't look like the people around him or he was in cultures that didn't look like his. Uh, or that or that he maybe felt like he needed to adapt to and he was adapting to. And so a lot of times people, um, we're all approaching people in life that are different than us. And um, we want to be liked. Um, I think all of us, we want to want we people to want to connect with us and like us. But it's difficult sometimes when people don't look like us or don't act like us or aren't from where we're from. So maybe you can just tell a little bit about your story and kind of what you've uh, learned along the way of really adapting to cultures that maybe weren't uh, always what you looked like uh, on the outside and people that maybe didn't always accept you initially when they first met you with a lot of pleasure <laughs> i have learned the story of my story i'm at the power of my story now and it starts with me being very ashamed of my story it mm. starts with me being shy and embarrassed for the story that i have and then later i mean much later in my life say it's 27 28 i think until mm. i'm starting to learn the power of the true story so I'll tell you this, this that uh, back in the days, 1985, there is this man who's going home from work. And uh, on his way home, he is uh, walking up a hill and he passes the church. And as he passes the church, he notices that there's this basket on top of the church. And nobody knows really why, but you know, he, he walks up to that basket of some reason and looks inside and he was quite shocked when he found out that there was a child laying there oh completely God. alone under a little basket under a little blanket and uh, 
he, you know, knocks the door to the church and hands me over to the priest. At that time in Colombia, it was actually quite common that this happened and the churches were um, organized in a way so that they could take care of children. And then later they hand the child over to a specific special organization to take care of, of lost children or say children who has been um, left alone. Mm. Not longer, not, not, I didn't stay that long though in Colombia because a father and a, not father, a man and a woman at that point from Sweden made that travel all across the pond called Atlantic and the rainforest of the Amazonas and adopted me to Sweden and embraced me into their family here on the countryside of Sweden where I am standing right now. And that's where my journey started and as it started with me growing up in the countryside of Sweden, looking very different from any other Swede here. Imagine 1990 in the rural countryside in a country that has never really seen, you know, a lot of um, foreigners in, the, in their country. And from that one on, it's just making this long, long story very short. It's I have growing up, learning and hearing more what I cannot do or what I should do than anything else. And I have been rebelling against that since I was little. My mom and dad often tell me stories of how I always, you know, bend the rules or went <laughs> beyond what they were saying that I should be doing. I could be saying that I was going to the nearby village with my bike, but I actually ended up in the capital of Sweden on a, with a train without them even knowing it. <laughs> that was me just trying to do my thing and what I wanted to do. And uh, as a uh, 19 years old, I, uh, I was, you know, you know, it's the prom, uh, finishing high school here in Sweden. And I had my prom date and everything. But then I got an offer to actually go to the United States of America and work for Camp America as a camp counselor. So I just canceled the entire prom thing which I must say I regret right now because it's this once the time in your lifetime, right? Yeah. But I went to the US as a 19-year-old, had no money saved up for nothing, and my mom and dad completely shocked, including my prom date, though. And uh, I ended up going to the States. And this is kind of how my journey, how my life has been reflected in it. I kept traveling the world. I kept seeking what I thought then. I kept seeking the purpose to who I am. But I realized later that I was actually running away from what I didn't like in Sweden and who I was. And uh, as I found my way back towards Europe, say about seven years later, after being from you know, Caribbean, the US, China, Japan and back, I realized that I had been running away from what I didn't mm -hmm. like. Mm. rather than creating what I wanted mm. so that's my story and now I'm here and I'm back in Europe and I'm even back home with my parents and having a good time <laughs> man I love it it's it, it's inspirational it's it's I think it's inspirational and relatable because I think I mean wow that story could have gone so many other ways and directions and it, it breaks my heart that you say that it happens quite commonly that um you know, people will leave children at, at churches 
Um, and maybe they, they believe that it's just, I mean, they can't care for that, that, that child. And, and adoption happens millions of times a, a, across the world, you know, annually, but it's um, in, <laughs> in organized fashions, right? And it's in the child's, in, in the utmost safety of the child. And I think to go to that desperate means is, is all, you know, utter desperation, right? And um, yeah, and I think in life sometimes we're, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, running away from something rather t- towards something. Um, yeah. And so I am curious, I, 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 I I know like the, the, what you've had to do in your personal life has, you've, you've been from the Sweden to the U S and U S and to ch- places like China and, and cruise ships and, um, and, uh, you know, trying to, to, to really, you know, kind of immerse yourself in all these different cultures. What do you think is important for anybody that's, uh, you know, thinking, okay, when I'm working with, other people that don't look like me or people that maybe that um, don't share my life story or my upbringing, Mm -hmm. what things do you think uh, are important for people to, um, to remember and, and to do and that you've done in your life when you've been in those different cultures, what things have you uh, tapped into when you've been in those situations where you were the person that didn't, necessarily look like the other person but yet you had to create this connection i was working for shangri-la hotels and resorts at that point and you know i thought it was really cool to get that position so i'm i'm taking the plane over to hong kong flying and traveling from hong kong up to china and full of energy motivation ideas you know as i arrive i'm being greeted the hospitality is out of the blue over there and I felt like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so I'm having the first uh, meeting with the team there. And I asked them at the end of the meeting, kind of like, so do you have any questions? No one says anything. And there's complete silence. I don't think too much about it. But then later in the canteen, I tell that story to the general manager who happened to be from Scotland. And he looks at me laughing. And goes, okay, Eric, here's a, here's a piece of advice. In China, don't ask the question, are there any questions? Because having questions here means that you didn't get it. And didn't get it is you are stupid. <laughs> and nobody's going to admit that they're stupid. And I said, wow, okay. I, I thought of it as, like, wow, wow, really? Like, I was asked to raise this way of, like, have a question, please ask. And... Please, you know, get your, share your opinions and all this stuff, right? And then in China, so I learned this one word that I have understood, that I have embraced, but I didn't really de- had to define at that point. And that's acceptance. Regardless of the opinion, the skin color, religion, or culture that the person is from, that the person believes in, that the person is striving for, we war, if we human beings can accept one another as such, we are human beings and we have all our differences. Although we look exactly the same, we still have differences. And we will be a whole lot better off if we accept one another for having those. Yeah. We can even embrace one another for having those. We can encourage one another for having them and actually even pursue them 
And that's where all this creativity, innovation and growth can really thrive when we do, rather when we are trying to limit and oppose one another for even having a different idea. Right. And sure, now some people go, Eric, you know, you cannot accept, you know, murderers or killing children. And I go, and I refer to another part of my story where my nephew, he died eight weeks old. Mm. And that was a hard blow for me and everyone around. And that was a pivotal moment in my life. But then I realized there too, the difference even between me and my brother is that I have accepted that my nephew died. I'm also sure my brother has. So he's seeking meaning for it. Something is that makes sense for him. Right. Why life is so much more than what makes sense for you and me. It can be crystal clear, but just because it's not what you feel comfortable with or what serves your belief, you're not going to accept that. So yes, going back to this, you cannot accept murderers and all these things. I can accept that this person murdered a child and it really saddens me that that has happened. I can accept that. I'm not going to respect that, but I accept that that has happened and now I can decide what to do with, with that. But acceptance is most of the time the first step to change. It's the first time, it's the first step to, you know, inclusion, diversity, equality, you name it. If we cannot accept, what can we then do? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really, I think it's so powerful. I mean, because in in business and in, in a lot of situations, I mean, we are going at something with our, our agendas and we want uh uh, to sometimes they are they are just agendas. They are to genuinely mm -hmm. help someone or to change uh, to improve someone's life or to um, you know to um, you know to kind of change the direction of someone's business. And they could be totally just and, and fair intentions that you have. But if you can't really accept someone for who they are, their business, their their whole background, everything, then you're instead of accepting you are more or connecting you are forcing or you are um i was just speaking uh, on a linkedin post today instead of speaking into someone's life you're speaking at someone uh and yeah. into, at someone's life and, and then um true connection can't really ever even be opened uh, the door that can't even open up or, or change can't even be approached because you're you're not approaching it from a, a place outside of yourself it's it's really internal um mm -hmm. and acceptance is often a state of neutrality okay and you know yourself that you know except going into a meeting and if you can go into a meeting with a, from an approach of neutrality rather than you have your agenda and you, you are already only listening about 30% to the other person because you already know what you want, then you probably won't be able to adapt or even hear what other opportunities that may lay ahead of you if right. you would have listened to the other person. Right. Yeah, no, uh, I think so other opportunities kind of present themselves that you didn't even realize or, or know that were there if mm -hmm. you are approaching it completely with accepting the person as they are. And um, that's, that's really fun because I mean, you're, you know, the, the, um, 
we all want to, you know, have a, a uh, autonomy, I think. I mean, since the beginning of time, I mean, that's the what at all human beings want to know that we can make our own decisions in life. No one's forcing us to do anything and has control over our lives. We can control everything. Um, and even sometimes when we don't feel like we control, that's when people reach out to a therapist or you know, coaches and things like that, because they just mm. have lost all control and they need that outside help and they're seeking it out. Um, you know, you, you were saying something before um, we, we spoke about, um, you know, people wanting to change themselves, um, someone going up to you. I mean, you speak a lot at, 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 on stages, hundreds of people, and you're, um, you give them inspiring talks, and the person came up to you and, and, and said, Eric, I want to be so inspiring. And um, yeah. I thought that was an interesting story, because that's really the core of this is, is, um, is, is kind of that story. Because So maybe explain kind of how you think someone can really find that in, in, um, in themselves, um, you know, that, okay. that kind of, uh, without, without needing to feel like they need to change, but feel like they can find, um, you know, that, that, that inspiration that they seek in that story that you were telling me. So first I would have to say this, that yeah, you even mentioned it now, accepting people for who they are. Mm. And I would like to make a small adjustment to that. And that is, we are so much more than we think we are. <laughs> so it's yeah. not about saying, I accept you for who you are. It's more of accept saying, okay, I accept you for feeling sad today. Or I accept you for bursting out at me and being angry in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that this is not who the person is. Yeah. And even to those who, who commit bad crimes, it is not who the person is. That was an action that that person made in that moment. Mm -hmm. And we can, we can challenge ourselves to accept that action, different cultures. We can accept that the person is having a different skin color, or we can accept that the person has different point of views, but it's not who that person is because that point of view can change, that action can change, and the person is still there, right? Right. So even with that, saying that this to the story about the person who comes up to me after the talk, super, he's super enthusiastic, and he goes, Eric, Eric, I wanna, I wanna be like you. I want to be that inspiring. I wanna give this inspiring talks. How do I become like this? Do you offer some type of public speaking courses? And I'm looking at him and smiling and just going like, okay, so you want to be inspiring? He goes, yes. And then I say, and what is it you want to inspire other people with? And he, he goes like, yeah, I want other people to, to live their life. And, you know, I want people to be like amazing. So, okay, that's very nice. So what is it you do right now in your life or have done in your life that you can talk about? That would inspire these people and he he looks at me and just like what do you mean I go but yeah but if you want to inspire them you heard my story and now obviously you will have to share something that is your story that is something that you believe in something that you're doing and have experienced right so what are you doing or what is it you want to do and he looks at me like he's really standing there very puzzled face and 
and he, he nods slightly and goes, yeah, you know, I'm not doing so much right now. And I, that's when I said to answer your question there, then, no worries. First of all, how old are you? I go, I'm 27. I mean, it's fantastic. You got 27 years of life experience. I bet you have something you can tell me now that I probably will find very inspiring. You, <laughs> your first step is to start sharing your story. You cannot decide. I mean, I didn't step up on this stage today and decide that, ooh, like I will tell this because this will be super inspiring. Like, whoa, this is going to blow their minds. I have never done that. Each one of us will find things different that one thing will be inspiring to one person that's not to another, right? But most often, the more honest, the more vulnerable we can be about our opinions, our beliefs, and our life, that's when you will become inspiring. And the flip side of that is, the less you talk about your opinions, <laughs> beliefs, and your life, and the less you actually talk about it from you going in there and saying, like, yes, I'm the director of finance here, and here's the data, and here's the facts. And together with this, I believe that the data is telling us that we can do X, Y, and Z. That, ladies and gentlemen, is not inspiring. That's information. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, I think... Yeah. So kind of transitioning to kind of, um, you know, what people do in, in, uh, in life or business when they're, you know, trying to really, um, you know, connect and create change. And, you know, if they're, if they're, if they have an idea where they're trying to get someone to adopt their idea or they have, um, something where they're trying to get, uh, someone to buy it, uh, whether it's in, in, um, their business or personal life, or you're trying to, you know, change the direction of, uh, of, um, maybe an outcome. Um, you, <laughs> when, when you're coming at it specifically from, um, no one wants to hear your, your opinions. Um, I mean, that, 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 like you said, there's a difference between information and inspiration. Yeah. Information is facts and that's good. And that's your, you, you need to, 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 to provide that. Um, but yeah. you know, facts alone don't get people to make decisions unnecessarily um, inspiration is 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 going to a place of you know really the person um, is is seeing that wow that the, the this person is stepping outside of themselves they are you know genuinely focused on me they're 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 being vulnerable they're they're not trying they, they they're, they're taking their agenda off the table they accept me for who I am they they, 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 they can share all of my story. So I'm sh safe to, to share mine. And I was even saying like, you, you, you know, you want to find inspiration. You don't need it to necessarily be coached, like take an Eric Eklund tra training course for it. Although yeah. that could, could help you that I think you can find it uh, in, in the littlest of ways of, of listening to someone's story. That's a touching story where you can, yeah. Um, you know, sit and, and, and stop and, and listen to a person on the side of a road who's begging for, for money um, and just yeah. listen to them. They, they want the money, but you know what? what? What they wouldn't expect is you to sit and just talk with them and not judge them, um, yeah. that sort of thing. Kind of, again, back to what you were talking about with, I accept you for who you are now. 
It's not mm -hmm. what I don't accept what you're doing. I don't ex respect it, but I can accept maybe how you're behaving now because you know, I've, 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 I've cold called people in my career. I actually do it right now. So I'm cold calling people and I interrupt them in their day to try to, um, to try to genuinely help their businesses with, um, you know, we, we do a, a cybersecurity audit or IT uh, audit mm -hmm. so it can help you, um, you know, really see where your gaps might be with cybersecurity and kind of your IT and all of that. And so, um, you know, we do that, but I might be interested interrupting that person's business. I mean, they may, might be, I mean, just struggling to stay open during a pandemic <laughs> yeah. and, and we're having the worst day ever. There could be 10 different things on that person's plate, but if I, if I'm not accepting that person's personal life beyond just what I want from them now, then mm -hmm. how could I ever really truly connect with them at all? Right. True. So, yeah. Um, what advice? So we talked a lot about what you can do to connect with people in your personal day to day. Um, you know, what kind of transitioning, what different things um, do you talk about on stage and what do you think that uh, people, um, you know, really resonate the most with in terms of, um, you know, kind of your story and connecting with humans. What are, what are things that y you uh, think um, people take away the most from your, your message on stage and what, what, what feed, when you look at feedback from participants and some of your clients, what do you think are the things, what are the things that they say about you and what are the things you think that they they learn the most from, from, um, you know, what you do each day with what uh, you do with connecting humans. There will be two answers here. One for when I'm speaking towards organizations and leadership teams, and one when I'm speaking more towards, you know, mixed audiences of individuals, you know, private participants. <clears throat> and the one when I'm speaking for an organization, the message that often comes back and being used in, in my recommendations, feedback forms, or just posts on LinkedIn. I love, you know, reading and following up on what people have said and think and feel about it afterwards. They're saying this thing of, he reminded us to be our authentic selves, although in a professional setting, or he encourages us to use and live in our strengths and abilities rather than changing what our weaknesses into a strength. This is the two say top messages when I'm talking to those in leadership positions and I'm speaking to organizations. And it's first I was really surprised, maybe even shocked that there are so many adults that's found it so surprising that I say, okay, okay, you have your weaknesses, I get it, but what are your strengths? And then for them to even list their strengths was like, it took ages compared to for them to listing their weaknesses, right? And then I said, okay, these are the, we, these are the strengths. That's brilliant. Now, what can we do? And which one would you like to sharpen, improve, so that you can even be, could be even better at what you do, right? Mm -hmm. And then they, they even more silent to me, like, I, I don't know, you know, it kind of stopped there. So that was the first thing that many take away that, wow, you know, I am very good at uh, feeling other people, for instance, being very empathetic. What courses, what can I do here to be even better at that? Because that's, even, that's already been um, 
how to say it, recognized by people, by okay. teams, by peers. Right. You know, what can I do there? Okay. And I'm like, hello, ladies and gentlemen. But then, you know, I started to do some research, talking with fellow um, facilitators and leadership coaches and so forth. And come on, when you're looking at it, our entire school system is set up for you to be better at what you're not good at. It's not set up for you to be better at what you're already good at. So we already have at least 19 years of, uh, you know, conditioning where we're supposed to be learning what we don't know. So it's not really surprising, right, that that's a mindset we have. Hmm. And, uh, and then the other one was, is, is, of course, this one of being our authentic selves, even in professional setting and the words and terms of professional versus personal, which I'm constantly breaking down that please stop separating the two. You can see it <laughs> in your own life. The more you try to separate it, the more frustration you will feel in your life yeah. because you, there is no such thing, but you're trying to create it. And, uh, but with that, I'm also making this side note that remember here, I did not say private. I said personal and what's yeah. private to you. You don't have to share everything that's private. That's private to you. But if you're trying to say, Oh, this is personal and that's professional. It's like, so you mean it's not personal for you to do this at work? That's why we have burnout, depression, and people doing work that they don't really like to do. And we don't need to go into statistics there to even know now that most people do that. So this is the part where I'm referring to the two takeaways from people in organizations and leadership positions. In terms of private individuals who come into open conferences, it is a, the takeaways often this thing of, having the courage to stay true to what you believe in. That even though mom and dads and couple, you know, partners and children and colleagues and friends, you know, all these people that care about you and maybe just superficially care about you, they start telling you, no, you can't do this. This is not possible. That's impossible. How are you going to make money of this? You're too old. You cannot learn this. It will take too much time. Um, you need, you don't know that language enough. You don't, you can't do it now. You need to be more serious. You need, to, yeah, you know the list. I can keep going, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I started to develop a new behavior, which was called, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad, for saying that. I understand that you're worried about me, but you know what? I will give it a try because maybe there's another way. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> we, I think we all rebel. It's, it's funny. Like when you say I completely agree. I mean, I, I looked at LinkedIn and, you know, for a while I didn't um, think it was a place to really share like deeply personal things. Um, I didn't really know how to um, without, uh, you know, because, you, you know, there's people, it's public. I mean, it's a public forum that you're sharing personal information. And I don't know everyone that's going to read this story about me and maybe they're going to cease. I mean, that's, there's not a lot of space to really get into detail about certain things. So you're not going to be able to say everything. Um, mm -hmm. But I like what you said about um, it's, you know, being able to share personal things without being private. So, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that are, you know, you kind of know that not everyone has to, to really know there, there, there may be, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's just things that not everyone has to know. Uh, or has the right to know. <laughs> you can set boundaries in, in your life. Um, but, 
you know, things that are personal that make you who you are, um, even if they're tough to, to tough stories, sad stories, uh, you know, uh, that, things like that, you know, you, there's ways to, to, to really, you know, kind of say them and, and, and think about, you know, kind of not even if this will help one other person, I mean, it just needs to maybe help you um, get it off yeah. your chest, as they say. Um, and being able to free yourself of, okay, I need to separate myself from that and, and um, not really tell people because then all of a sudden you get less and less people and then you only have your wife or your husband or your signet or then maybe some of you are single and, and you don't have anybody to even share this stuff with. And that's, that's, you know, even, even more so when you're just working and you can't really, you know, share it. And there's a lot of power in sharing some of that stuff because, you know, again, um, you, uh, you're not holding on to anything um, or, mm. or spending a lot of energy trying to, like you say, separate your professional and personal life. So I think, you know, we connect and, and um, you, you connect with others so many times when you, like when I've, I, I shared the story recently, unfortunately, my dad passed away in, in March um, from leukemia. And um, in one of my uh, the, uh, posting where I wasn't really going for likes or anything, I just felt it was time to kind of share uh, a, a touching story of a letter that he wrote me um, growing up um, where we uh, we fought a whole lot uh, growing up mm-hmm. um, you know and um, he he fought so much he didn't uh, attend my high school graduation mm-hmm. um, but then he wrote me a letter and explained you know hey I'm writing you this letter as an apology but also to explain where I came from how I was raised so that we can understand each other better so going yeah. back to the very beginning, this is um, who I am, what I've, um, what my, how my father raised me, what values were taught to me. And so maybe sometimes that comes out and, and it, I don't, it doesn't come out in the best ways. And that was a turning point in our, our relationship right then and there. We could have chose to never spoke to each other again, ever, mm-hmm. but we didn't. Uh, we didn't because I saw that he was opening up to me. It took him a while. Sometimes like he was uh, a, a man who was very, had a lot of pride. And so he didn't always open up, um, <laughs> you know, and he still didn't, you know, there was things he probably still, we still didn't have conversations with till the very end. But, you know, that, that, that one letter changed the course of our entire relationship because I, yeah. I saved that letter for 20 years and um, I even read it to him in the hospital um, towards the end and he didn't know that I saved it. And, you know, we both mm-hmm. had, you know, cried and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I shared that because I thought, you know, now it, it, it's time and I can do it. And it's not necessarily for other people. This is just for me. But I had people responding like just with people I've never met. I needed that today. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for posting these words. This is yeah. this helped me. And it will. And, and people and, or, and people also said, my dad, I, I, my dad passed away from leukemia. Thank you so much for telling this. And so, you know, you, 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 you find sometimes when you, you, you open up, then, then that person reciprocates and kind of goes back and forth. And then you really create this bond. So I don't know if you see that sort of thing in your workshops um, when, you, when you do things like that. But 100%. you're just making me... It's often, it's, it's often this thing of... Um, let me do this metaphor here, right? That uh, I'm often referring to the bathroom metaphor that, you know, everyone goes to the metaphor, to the bathroom. That's, right. there's no secret, there's nothing. Right. But right. you lock the door to the bathroom and you do your thing in the bathroom. That's a secret for many. <laughs> Not right. many people refer to that. So 
it's the same thing as what you're doing right now. Let's talk about the bathroom experience here. You, you can refer to that you go into the bathroom, but you do not have to tell everyone around you what you are doing in the bathroom. That's your secret. That's why you lock the door and, uh, you know, keep it for yourself. But if you share, if you're never saying to people that you have to go to the bathroom, you know, you become some type of a, I don't know, superhuman or something and we do not relate to that it's like yeah. we all have to go to the bathroom so even these stories where you know like it can be as simple as uh, you sitting around a table with dinner and you're sharing this experience when you were in i don't thailand or you had thai food and you had this spicy right. uh, fried chicken and suddenly right. you have to go to the bathroom like 500 times you felt so bad and Really, you were laying in the bed the whole next day, breathing yeah, yeah. Yeah, out relatable. of a, you know, yeah. And people sitting there like, wow, yeah, I can relate to that. And say, like, oh, I had that in my life. Or some people might not relate to that as they didn't have it, but they can totally imagine how uncomfortable that experience is, right? But you do not have to say that you went in the bathroom and you pooped and you puked and everything, the color the puke had or anything like this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need that. That's not, that's not needed to make it inspirational uh, at all. You just have to make it honest and truly your experience. I agree. Uh, Eric, you've really, I can't, I think helped us, you know, kind of see, uh, you know, really kind of the power and, creating true and lasting connections with people. Um, uh, you know, anything that you, uh, you know, kind of want people to know, I mean, what are, what are, uh, you know, some things you want to leave people with if they're, you know, just trying to get the confidence to, uh, you know, be able to kind of open up and, and, um, okay. you know, look for new ways to you know, try to create connections with people. I would love to leave people thinking of that, Many people, they say, oh, I want more and better opportunities. And especially we're talking business and sales, for instance. And I would like to leave people with that opportunities are defined as external events or people around them that are disguised as uncomfortable. So just saying that again, you know. Opportunities often comes as disguised as external events or people. So look around you even right now and notice that even this COVID-19, I don't think it was a comfortable experience for many. It's probably one of the most uncomfortable experiences for many that for many around the world right now. But this is an opportunity in its own too, if you can accept, number one, that it is happening, and number two, that it can also hold the key to an opportunity in your life to a specific change. So ask yourself, and then when I'm doing this, when I'm saying uncomfortable, is to start checking in, what is it that frustrates you here? What is it saddens to you? What is it that, um, what is it that makes you say to yourself in this moment that, oof, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. This is this. And then if, if you can identify this, and I can share mine, that, you know, it was a very uncomfortable experience for me to start receiving every letter, email saying that this is cancelled, this is cancelled, we don't need this anymore. Mm. But my way forward was to accept that. And then I said, then I started to say that to people. I started to say that, you know, every email right now is saying that it's cancelled. And then I decided, what shall I do about that? And I started to focus on what shall I do and I started to create, right? 
now people call me up and say, can you do a webinar on how to handle this? Because we find you very inspirational. You mm -hmm. see, the loop just goes back in there. I'm going to give that message to people that it doesn't have to be big, grandiose things that you're going to create the new, I don't know, the new Eiffel Tower or the new monument in your city or the big boom. It's simple. This thing of what is it right now in your life that is making you uncomfortable? Recognize it, accept it, and even share that to some people. And you will start seeing that there are people that when I reach out to you to help you overcome that, you are most probably dealing with it better yourself by talking about it. And even you can be recognized as an inspirational person by sharing it like the way you do it. Yeah. So true. And the power of technology now, people will reach out to you that you never would have uh, thought uh, to reach out to uh, yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's probably really uh, awesome uh, when people start reaching out to you um, because of you being willing to put that uh, stuff out there. Um, so. Yeah. And the one thing is just like, you know, please do not expect that an opportunity will come as a princess cake you know with candles <laughs> and fireworks and be like i am your opportunity take me we will fly to the moon you know most opportunities comes with some kind of discomfort right yeah and um don't expect uh you know it's 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 hard for people to to really you know play the long game and not expect opportunities um but i you know some like the the old saying says you know kind of the best uh things come when you least expect it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, i mean it's just so simple but it's so true mm -hmm. um well eric last question i ask all my guests and this is something unique uh we already saw heard something that you know in the very beginning that could only happen i mean well it's happened to many uh unfortunately many many children of being um you know, kind of starting their lives in that situation. But the question is um, just something unique about you, because I think we're all different, uh, unique human beings. And so I'm just curious about unique uh, things that happen to all of my guests. And so okay. my question is, what is something or an event uh, that uh, could only and would only happen to Eric Eklund? Um, something in your life or maybe an event or just something unique about you? That only has happened to me. <laughs> okay, I can I can give you one. Yeah, let's go. When you said it, I am two, 19 or 20 years old, and I am for the first time take, starting to take auditions, and I'm becoming I'm to become an entertainer and a dancer, and I'm taking a six week or if it's an eight week course. At the end of the course, we get all like lined up in front of our instructors, and we are being told if we're being passing the audition and the course and which kind of stage we're going to. And the, uh, the uh, I think it was the dance choreographer and the director, he, they look at me and they say, okay, first they make a joke out of me saying that I don't get anywhere. But then they laugh and say, of course you do. And you know why? Because your smile can be seen from hundreds of meters away so we will put you on the biggest stage we have <laughs> and i still kind of i still remember my mom's reaction when i said that and she was like so they only took you because of your smile not because of your skills or because of your character <laughs> but, uh, but you know that that was her way of seeing this but i saw it also this thing of you know i maybe got that spot 
because I had that smile. Not only because I had it, but because I was smiling all the time. And I had it. I showed it off. So that's what I would answer to. That could maybe only happen. <laughs> it can happen to many. I believe that. But it has <laughs> happened to me and it has not happened to anyone that I know at all. I like it. I, I, and, I, and I don't think it ever has. <laughs> That's an amazing story to be put on the greatest stages from a smile. I, I, I yep. love it. Uh, well, Eric, it's such a pleasure speaking to you uh, all the way from beautiful Sweden on a beautiful day outside um, and me sitting here in Florida. It's just um, an honor and a pleasure to be able to speak with you this far away. Thank you so much for, for, for being here today. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> All right. See you later. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human. 